After the mostly successful unification of England under Athelstan, which saw the four kingdoms recognise him as the one true king, the moments of political tranquillity would soon be washed away, and war, conquests and Viking retaliation were most certainly on the cards. With Athelstan's death in the year 939, the state of the kingdom was yet again thrown into turmoil, and while succession was a little less controversial this time around, the man filling the shoes of the previous king would most likely not be looking forward to it. This man was Edmund I, sometimes dubbed as Edmund the Elder, after his father Edward the Elder, or Edmund the Deed-Doer, in reference to his political efforts, including his revival of English monasteries, or Edward the Magnificent, in reference to his exploits on the battlefield. Before we get stuck in though, a quick message from today's sponsor, NordVPN. A VPN stands for a virtual private network, and is a service offered by NordVPN that will encrypt your internet activity and also protect your identity when you're online. With so much of our sensitive information now stored online, from bank details to home addresses, internet security is a must-have for any browser of the web. NordVPN will ensure that all of your internet usage is redirected through a specially configured remote server, which will see your IP address hidden and encrypt all the data you send and receive. This means that your data will be unreadable to any would-be hackers, so there's no need to worry about connecting to the Wi-Fi at the airport or at your local coffee shop. Because with NordVPN, your passwords, banking details, credit card numbers, and other private details will all be encrypted. Even if some super cyber hacker was able to intercept this data, they wouldn't be able to make sense of any of it. You'll also be protected against your own internet service provider, who has access to view everything that you do online. In fact, they may even sell this data onto advertisers, government agencies, and other third parties. With NordVPN, however, you can rest at ease knowing that your data is safe from prying eyes. As if that wasn't great enough, NordVPN can also make your IP address appear like you're somewhere else from around the world. With over 5,000 servers worldwide, NordVPN gives you the ability to manipulate your IP address to appear in a completely different country which is great if you're in an area where content is region locked or restricted, or if you're away from home and can't access your favorite shows because of country-specific restrictions. With a simple click, you can assimilate your IP address into another country, allowing you to access the full scope of the internet as it should be. Right now, NordVPN is celebrating its birthday, where every purchase of a two-year plan will get you an additional month free and a surprise gift. Just go to nordvpn.com slash thelegend and use the discount code THELEGEND. Get peace of mind knowing that your data is encrypted and your IP address is hidden and enjoy the benefit of being able to bypass country-specific content with NordVPN. Edmund was merely a toddler when his father Edward the Elder, the king of Anglo-Saxon Wessex and later Mercia, died in the year 924. As a child, he would bear witness to his half-brother in Athelstan assuming the throne as king, a king who laid the groundwork for the continuation of a unified England. At a very young age, 
likely as young as 18, Edwin would join his half-brother in the Battle of Brunnenburg, which saw England clash against the combined forces of King Olaf Guthrifsson of Dublin and King Constantine II of Scotland. It was this battle that would consolidate the belief in Athelstan as king, something that was not unanimous depending on where one lived. It is understood that under Athelstan's great leadership in battle, the invading forces of Dublin and Scotland were crushed by the Saxons, and that this bloody battle saw Athelstan and his kingdom unchallenged thereafter. Little is noted of Edmund the Elder's participation in the battle, for much of the glory was saved for Athelstan, as well as his Viking bodyguard, Egil Skallagrimson. But in whatever capacity, it would not be the last time that Edmund would find himself in the thick of a battlefield. In fact, some might say he spent most of his time as king covered in blood, for such were the circumstances of his reign, constantly challenged by invaders seeking conquest and revenge. In the year 939, Edmund, again merely 18 years of age, was ushered into the royal limelight, and almost immediately, he was met with a military threat from none other than Olaf Guthrifsson, the same King of Dublin who Edmund had met on the battlefield in the Battle of Brunnenburg. It is known that neither Olaf Guthrifsson of Dublin nor Constantine II of Scotland lost their lives at the battle despite being decimated by Athelstan's forces. But it would seem, at least for Olaf's case, that his survival would see to a festering of vengeance. Olaf had by this point already conquered the Kingdom of Northumbria, and proceeded to invade the Midlands, where he would declare the land of York as his own. Given virtually no time to settle in as king, Edmund marched north to remove Olaf from the Midlands, and the two forces met each other in the city of Leicester. Little is known of the battle that took place here, but it is believed that Olaf fled after having not been prepared for the magnitude of Edmund's advance. Instead, a peace treaty was enacted on his behalf by the Archbishop of York, Wolfstan I, and the Archbishop of Canterbury, Oda that which ceded a significant chunk of Northumbrian territory. But the loss did not seem to matter much to Olaf Guthrifsson, considering that in the same year, he died, which would see Edmund proceed to reconquer Northumbria. By the year 945, Edmund took it upon himself to enter the region of Strathclyde, in what is now a southern Scottish and northern English region, and was able to conquer it but he did not possess a firm enough grip to hold it for long, and would end up ceding the territory to Malcolm I of Scotland, in exchange for a treaty of mutual military support. It was this treaty that would establish some semblance of peace between England and Scotland, where a policy of safe travel through borders was established. One of his more notable political deeds was his restoration of Louis IV of France, his nephew. Louis IV was the son of Charles the Simple and Edmund's half-sister, Eadgafu, and had resided at the court of Edmund before being crowned as the King of France in the year 936. 
But a decade later, in the year 945, Louis IV was captured by the Normans and sent to the Duke Hugh the Great, where he would be held in his custody. Lobbying to free his nephew, Edmund wrote several urgent letters to Hugh the Great, insisting for Louis to be released and restored as king, that which was eventually agreed to. Edmund was known for having married twice, firstly to Elgafu of Shaftesbury, who bore him a daughter and two sons, named Edwig and Edgar, those who would come to inherit the throne themselves. After her death in the year 944, Elgafu was canonised by the church. Two years later in the year 946, Edmund married a second time to Athelfleed of Damerham, but they had no children, likely on the account of Edmund's unexpected demise in the same year. Indeed, his swift reign lasted only six years, and on an event day known as the Feast of St. Augustine, a festival celebrated by the Anglo-Saxons, he was murdered in an altercation with an outlaw named Leotha. Some accounts speak of Edmund being in a drunken state when the altercation transpired, and that he had recognised Leotha after having banished him from the kingdom a few years prior. Angered by Leotha's defiance of his banishment, Edmund confronted him, and a melee ensued which would see Leotha fatally stabbing the young king. But according to the chronicler John of Worcester, Leotha had attacked Edmund's steward, and when Edmund had tried to intervene, he was impaled. The tale here frames Edmund's final deed as heroic, as opposed to a sloppy, drunken fight, where he dies to protect his servant, perhaps something of a metaphor for how far he was willing to go for those loyal to him. Other theories suggest that there was more to this fateful encounter, and that Edmund had been a victim of political assassination, implying that Leotha had been hired by someone to commit regicide. The fate of Leotha, meanwhile, remains cast in ambiguity, though it is suspected he was soon, if not instantly, cut down by Edmund's men. Edmund's sons Edwig and Edgar were still at the time far too young to take the throne after their father's death, and so succession was passed on to Edmund's brother, Edred, he who would rule for a solid ten years thereafter, and make it his mission to bring the region of Northumbria under complete English control. 